Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. But but you talk about the comfortability. Like, why is Jalen so comfortable? Where is this D line? I think think that that's like one of the things, too, is like the third down, uh, down on that same end, opposite corner, like the tunnel end, but uh, other side of the field, uh, where Brown, the first Brown versus Forbes one on one matchup, like, no pressure. None whatsoever on that play. And that just lets A.J. Brown go. Forbes keeps dropping, dropping, dropping until he's five yards off the sticks. Brown, you know, hits the comeback. Easy completion on like a third and 13, I think it was. Like that, that, that's just too easy, singled up. And there's no pressure. Like you shouldn't have time to do that. The fourth down uh, that should have been challenged by Rivera. There's no pressure on that. Devontae Smith is able to run around forever. And so, you know, again, it's like the same concept applied to offense uh, that or that you're applying to the offense of key situations. Let's even take it out of some of the back end stuff. Yeah. Where is the defensive line in key situations? And part of this, like one of the things that I noticed when I went back and rewatched the game, is Jack actually brought a lot more pressure. And you tipped me off to this during the post game show. This is something you saw live. Like Jack brought more pressures than I initially realized. Like Mayo blitzed up quite a bit. J- yeah. Jamin blitzed quite a bit. They brought some DBs at times. And this Eagles offensive line plus their entire protection package just identified and stonewalled it. Like they're yeah. so good they're really as a good. protection unit. But if you're if you're Chase and Montez and and John and Duran, like that's why you're here. You got to be able to bust through that. And and in seemingly every key situation, Jalen's able to to easily move. Around. I mean, he's great at it, but he's not as great as he usually is because his knees hurt. And clearly, you could see it in the game. He didn't want to run but he's able to get enough space to make plays with his arm or throw the ball away and avoid big negative plays. And um, that's good quarterbacking, but uh, good quarterbacking can be overcome by a, a quick win and a, a sack or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think like this, we could probably do like a whole show on this, you know, like the pressure and, and like, cause I think about what the jets did and the jets brought a lot of pressure on third down. I think Jack to his credit did that. And I think it did pay off in certain situations. You're able to get kind of, Peel like peel the slide off of uh, John Allen. He's able to squeak through and create a pressure. They did some good stuff in that regard, but the problem is you're leveraging the back end so dramatically. And if you don't win relatively quickly, Hertz is going to buy a little time and, and make a good throw. And I think there was a couple times where I'm like, I, you could tell Jack maybe wanted to bring a pressure, but was a little bit nervous because St. Juice gets beat on the. He brings a pressure. It's third and eight. I want to say it was in the first quarter, and. St. Juice gets beat on the out to A.J. Brown, and it might have made him take the foot off the gas. But um, 
I think when they weren't being being pre- bringing pressure to your point, the front four was very very quiet. And this is the this is the best offensive line in football, and I think it shows you what a dominant offensive line can do. Like really, like a, very rarely do I say like a group is dominant, but it's not just this team. It's every team they've played. That group has. Like, I don't want to say stood on their head because they're not doing anything that they can't physically do. But Jordan Mailata is one of the best tackles in football. Obviously, Kelsey at center, Landon Dickerson at guard work really well together. And then whoever they pl- plug in at that right guard just seems to play extremely well. And then Lane Johnson. So uh, it's frustrating. I-, I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that they weren't going to be able to gener- uh, generate a ton of pressure with the front four. Obviously, when they were able to blitz, the pressure went up. Good job. Um, I just... To me, the front four against that those five guys, when it's not in the run, are, are at a little bit of a disadvantage for whatever reason. And there's a lot go, that goes into that from a defensive line standpoint. Like when you're rushing a mobile quarterback, makes you a little bit more tentative, all those things. But, man, that's it, it was tough. It was tough to go back and watch that because like in all of those big explosive pass plays, the line is very, very quiet. And that's kind of the same thing we talked about in the Chicago game. The line would create pressure, but not on the explosive plays. And so what do you do if you're the coach? And, um, you know, if there's one criticism I'd maybe levy against Jack is just like, can the pressure hit a little bit quicker? There were a couple of times where they're trying to disguise it and maybe Philly's going on the quick count and the, and the rush doesn't quite get started right away. So they're able to kind of sit on the slides, sit on the double teams and pass protection a little bit longer um, as opposed to having a bump off right away. And that's something I'd just be like, is that something if we're self-scouting that we can get corrected? So, I think there's many layers to that. There's good job bringing protection. How do we max or pressure? How do we maximize those pressures? And then what's the deal with the offensive line in these empty looks, not generating pressure with four? And I guess you got to give credit to Philly, but I think to your point, you'd like that group to be the group that's been um, that's been given all this money and all this draft capital. And that being said, like John and Payne had good games. Montez had a had a pretty solid game. It's just the pressure statistic that we're all kind of hoping for and watching for uh, wasn't there. And I think that's the big thing that's very, very frustrating about this group is um, in those big moments, like they are very quiet and, you know, think about one of the things like we were hoping for after the the Broncos game, or at least I was hoping for is that they had found a, found a way to like put their stamp on the game. Here we are, you know, here are the, here are these six plays where the defensive line took over the game. And I can't think of, any plays in this game where that was the case. And that's, that's, that's frustrating. And again, when you're playing against the best O-line in football, that's going to happen. But I think you'd like this group with all this talent to step up and say, you know, we can compete with that group with, with the offensive line for Philly on a down to down basis. Right. It's, you know, is it, is it going to be less successful than it would against, you know, what you'd hope to have seen against the Giants O-line? And frankly, like this team, this defense did a really good job against the Giants O-line. Just yeah. the Giants did a good job play calling to insulate that. Yeah. Um, but you talk about, you know, I think we think of like good O-line play as, oh, they block really well. They don't lose the block. But some of the communication stuff happens quicker versus, you know, Washington with inexperience and not as good of, of players. When they go to pass off a stunt, it happens slower. And so you yeah. see more wins and things like that. Um, you know, pressures, uh, you cause busts uh, in protection, all that kind of stuff. 
that doesn't happen against Philly. Um, and you mentioned- like a little anecdote real quick is like they are so dialed in. Uh, there was a protection, uh, a slide protection to the left. I, I forget what play it was. Jalen had to throw the ball away. It was the one only times where the pressure got home. John Ridgeway beats uh, Kelsey, Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason, Jason Kelsey, Kelsey. Jason, Jason Kelsey. Um, so much easier to play them if Travis was playing. Soon. I know it would be way easier. Um, so beats Jason Kelsey and Jason in the play is looking over his shoulder and yelling at Landon Dickerson, yelling at Landon Dickerson, walls off Ridgeway. Jalen Hurst steps up, throws the ball out of way, and he is pointing in his face. And I was like, that's, that's the standard there. It's like, you were supposed to help me out. Where the hell are you going? Sit your big butt in here and help me out. And I thought like that, that's what having that like leadership at the center position and a veteran and like with Lane Johnson there, like, you know, that nobody's messing around there. And I just thought, man, that's, that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool thing for a vet to be like in the middle of the play, like block your guy, somehow magically make up for the guy's mistake and then be like, dude, like pull your head out of your butt, get over here and make this block. So, yeah. Um, that was also a miraculous job by Jason. To he was like point one seconds away from getting called for holding on that, yes. but he he lets him go. Yeah. Um, and, and then like it walls him out. Yeah. Yeah. John Ridgeway is chasing Jalen Hurts, and that's not a fair race. So, yeah. um, you know, it is what it is. You mentioned Montez has a good game. John has a good game. Teron has a good good, good, game. good game. Is a relative term here. It's yeah, relative. they they made they all made some plays. John had yeah. like six pressures in the game per PFF's yeah. count. Like John, John, I thought, John, I thought, I thought this was one of John's better games. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Duran makes a couple of plays here and there. Montez a couple of plays. You'd obviously hope for a little bit more consistency. I was going to ask you about Chase's game anyway. Um, even yeah. before you didn't say him there because to me this was one of Chase's worst games in a while. From what I was able to see, yeah. um, he's been so dominant as a pass rusher. You don't get that. And I think that the bad stuff that you've seen from him, the lack of effort on Mm -hmm. a lot of the run plays or or like if the play is not right at him, is he going to go pursue with a relentless type of uh, play that you want to see from an elite player? It's like I saw that a lot, um, that that it's not there. Um, And it felt like in a lot of situations, he's playing patty cake with Jordan Mailata. And I know it's... It can look like you're playing pat a cake when you're trying really hard because Jordan Mailata is like 6'8", 400 pounds, and is just a monster. He's so good at left tackle. So I don't want to necessarily say like, oh, it's 100% because Chase isn't trying Um, because sometimes Jordan Mailata just makes you look that way. But like that is not – to me, that was not a good Chase Young game. I'm curious what you saw. Yeah, and this is like – this is a weird thing, and this is something that like maybe we should like do some research on and watch a little bit of film on. But for whatever reason, there's like a – there's like a level of pass rusher, right? And so you like Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, whatever. They'll be dominant against a certain caliber of tackle, like dominant. They'll, they'll win, mm-hmm. you know, 30% of their rushes. They're very disruptive in the game. And then when they get into like the top three, four, five guys, so we're talking Lane Johnson, Tristan Wirfs, Trent Williams, that type of guy, they just become like regular pass rushers. And I feel like that with chase in the first matchup like he had a pressure on my and my hadn't given up a pressure the whole year or he had a sack maybe sack or pressure i don't remember but yeah. it was it was one pressure one play in 60 snaps you know 30 pass rush attempts and um and so i do think there was a little bit of like my has got his number Lane Johnson has Montez's number. Like when I look at how Lane sets and the type of rusher he's going to play well against, he's going to play well against Montez. 
They invite these bull rushes. They sit on the inside move. Like that's what Chase, is, what Chase wants to do. And you watch how my lot of set Chase today or yesterday or, or Sunday. He's setting for the inside move. He's waiting very patiently. And Chase just didn't have an answer. And so with these really good tackles who are really well prepared, they, they know what to take away. It's like, um, you know, pitchers in baseball, I'm sure to a certain extent, it's like, you want to hit the fastball? I'm not going to give you a fastball. I'm not going to give you an overset. I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to beat me with something else. And that's what they did. And Chase, again, like didn't show up. I think credit to my but also I don't think it's a coincidence that when Casey and James come in and they're playing with a little better effort, it kind of, you can see it when you're watching film. It like sparks that, not sparks the defense. That's an over, over, that's an over, that's an exaggeration, but they, it does stuff to the tackle because they're working. They're in the down. You can tell the tackle's a little bit more stressed. They've got to play the down a little bit longer as opposed to Chase, who, when my lot gets him shut off, gets the move shut off, it's he a little bit, there. yeah, it's a little bit quiet. It's a little bit, it kind of turns into like a, like a bull rush. And when I look at some of the best passers, I do a lot of defensive line evaluation because I, I give advice to guys on pass rushing. The best pass rushers stay active late in the down because you don't know, right? Like there was a couple situations, um, the the one to Forbes, or the ball that was completed on Forbes on the comeback that you described earlier, where that's like a three and a half second drop back. And if yeah. you just stay active a little bit longer in your rush, I'm not saying you're going to get a sack, but you might disrupt the throw. And I think that's the thing, like Allen did a great job in this game. Payne did a great job this game of just, they didn't win all the time, but there was an activeness, an urgency to their play. Same thing with Montez. And you're kind of like, and, and I think that's the thing that's frustrating. And now they, they probably had a lot of yellow rushes or kind of their base. I, I call them yellow rushes, kind of like their cautious rushes, these kind of bull rushes right down the middle, which are harder to win on. Um, but at the same time, you can be active on those and be disruptive as well. So I, I do think there is um, – it's something you alluded to last week, and I feel like it kind of – it popped up here in a more dramatic way for Chase. Like when your effort isn't always there, it leads to performances like this, which are kind of – it's not bad, but it's definitely not good. It's just kind of you're out there. And I think that's um, that's frustrating if I'm, if I'm a teammate or if I'm a fan watching him for sure. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're elite, you can't give up on a play after your first move doesn't work. 100%. Like, especially at that position, one of the most elite traits you can have is rel relentlessness. Yeah. And, you know, you watch Micah Parsons play. That dude is an animal. Mm -hmm. and Nick Bosa, Chase, same thing. Nick, yeah, Nick Bosa. I mean, Joey Bosa. Miles Garrett. Yeah, oh, God. Like, I mean, that was J.J. Watt. Was he four-time defensive player of the year? Like, that was J.J., yeah. Um, you know, it's it, the elite guys have that and chase has not demonstrated it. It might be an, within an, him an urgency an urgency There's an urgency yeah. to their play. Cause it's really like, you're not going to win clean as a pass rusher all the time. Like, you know, let's say you end up with 12 sacks on the year. 
five of them, four of them might be just cleanup sacks. Someone else gets a pressure and you're just working. Right. You just keep working and you get the sacks. That so, was Montez's sack in the game. Durant yeah. missed, but yes. it disrupted the play. And Montez was able to like go, okay, I'm going to go tap Jalen on the shoulder as he falls down and I get credit for the sack. And Casey's sack was very similar. It's like they he flushes, him and Montez go high. They flush him out to the right and Casey just works. He just works his butt off, chases him down, and gets a sack. And yeah. it wasn't anything like technically great about the rush. It was just an effort thing. So the two, it, that's I don't all think it's, the, also the difference on that one between probably like a two yard loss and a two yard gain. Yeah, because he's 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 working his butt off. And same thing with the Montez one. I'm not you know like the guys with good effort. Like and on that play, Duran does a great job. It's an RPO. He skates the center. He's diving in the backfield to tackle him. He trips Jalen Hurts up and then Montez is right there so it, you see that effort John had a bunch where it's a blitz he's bull rushing he's on a double team the guy leaves he sheds violently and then he's he's creating pressure and so um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that those those effort rushes showed up against a good def, a good offensive line so um, and I got to go back and watch Chase individually for a more like in-depth analysis but my high level thought after watching was like it just didn't feel very urgent and some of those other guys were much more urgent like even when james is in there and he's bulling on lane like you know he's not going to win but he's you can tell lane is having to play the whole down and i think there's value there as as a as a as a, as a guy of a fan of football and a fan of pass rush like there's value there for sure yeah one thing i like that they did too is they started a bunch of series with the twos in like they, yeah. they rotated a little bit more and they were like, you know, if these guys aren't going to come off the field when we want them to, or, you know, maybe we were trying to get uh, these, these guys to James and Casey and Fedarian and, and Ridgeway to wear down these linemen a little bit. Then later in the series, uh, if, if there's a first down, like we'll bring in the, the horses and have them go against some more tired guys. So um, that was one thing I liked uh, from like a coaching strategic standpoint and noticed in the game was starting the series with James and Casey and Fedarian on the field uh, a whole bunch. Um, anything else from the D? I mean, we haven't really talked. I, I don't know what there's to say about the coverage stuff. Like guys got to make plays. Yeah, guys got to make plays. And I thought there was a, um, you know, like I, I appreciate what Jack was trying to do. Right. And I just think like when there's that matchup, like, Maybe you got to do something different from a man standpoint. And yeah. well, I guess we should talk about like we should talk about Emmanuel getting matched up on AJ Brown multiple times at big spots because yeah, that I, seems I, like I, that seems like a, a a decision that gets made that is preventable that you should just not do that. Yeah, and I got to go back and watch those specifically. Like I I don't even know what personnel they're in. Honestly, I don't know where Fuller's playing. I don't know where St. Juice is playing. Um, but a couple things that stuck out to me. I thought there was some. You know, you mentioned in the pregame that they were going to miss Cody Barton. And I felt like there was a couple of Tampa two looks or just straight two looks where Mayo's the coverage guy and Mayo's doing everything he can. You know, he's opening the three receiver side and he's playing with vision on the quarterback. And those are plays where Barton probably gets a little bit more depth. When the quarterback looks at the backside dig, he's able to push over and maybe get in the throwing lane. I'm not saying he's going to make a play, but just make the look a little bit cloudy. I thought that happened two or three times with Mayo specifically on the backside dig. And again, like that's tough. You're open to three by one. The rule is open to three by one. I get it. He does it right. He's just like all due respect to David Mayo, but like that's why he's a backup in the league. Yeah. And I think from a skill set, physical trait standpoint, he doesn't have the speed and quickness and size and length to get there. Right. And so like that's where you kind of miss a guy like Barton. And I think um, you know, Jamin and Kalik did some good stuff, but they had some mistakes. But in terms of the secondary you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Like, because in those man-to-man situations, at some point, you got to win. 
And it's maybe that's an unfair ask versus AJ Brown, the way he's playing right now. Like maybe that is, I don't know. I, I really, can you win? Can you win 5% more of the time? Not every time, but can yeah. you win instead of, instead of winning 20% of the time, can you win 25% of the time? You know? Well, it's funny. Like I do think like it maybe even needs to be more than that. Cause like St. Juice has a great, does a great job on um, Devante Smith. I think it was like, it was a cover two look. He gets hands on, winds him to the sideline and hurts wants to throw the out so bad, but uh St. Just has just gloved him up and he's got to get move. He's got to move on to his next target. They got to pressure us to throw the ball away. And I think to myself, like, you know, like there are plays like that for the secondary in, in, in throughout the game, but it really comes down to like, I'm trying to think it's, it's the one to, it's the one to Devante Smith on fourth and four. It's the touchdown to AJ Brown. It's the big completion on Forbes that ends up being a touchdown in the Tampa two. And like, <clears throat> that's really what it comes down to. Like, I think, the down-to-down defense is pretty good. You know, like they're in pretty good spots, but like that's the nature of defense is like you could watch, let's say it's 70 clips, like 55 of them are pretty good. And then there's like 15 where you're like, damn, like those those negatively impact the outcome of the game. And I think that's something that I have a really hard time with as an offensive player, like negotiating. Because even when I'm watching defense, I'm like, this play happens or this third down happens because the offense doesn't execute well. And like, I just think that's the nature of yeah. the, of defense now. Like it's, it's really so reliant on the level of offense you're playing, which is one of the reasons I think they'll play better against Seattle. I think they'll play better against new England in the next couple of weeks. Those, those offenses aren't quite as good as Philly, but man, like it's just, it's really hard. And, and you've brought this up, like defenses are playing better now in the NFL. They're, they're kind of dictating more to offenses, but it's the best, the best year defenses have had in the NFL in a long time. And, and that could be spuriously correlated to this is also a year where there's more young quarterbacks starting than ever before. But for whatever reason, um, our defense is not playing as well. And I do think it's because they've played some really good quarterbacks. And I, and I, and I just think it's, it's, I think there's, there's a really good correlation or causation there between the caliber of quarterback, the caliber of offense and the defensive production. Um, but to your point, like, you got to make plays. You got to, you yeah. have to make plays. And I don't know, I don't know how to do that. I, I like, I wish there was some layered nuanced analysis yeah, there, here, but I, I, I tried to ask that question to multiple people on Saturday, Sunday. And, um, I felt like a moron asking a question. I was like, how do you, and I realized what I was asking. I was like, you just have to do it. Like there is yeah. no, like the technique. I'm going to ask Ron and he's like, you got to play through the hands and like, go look at the touchdown to Julio Jones. Danny Johnson is playing through Julio Jones's hands and Julio almost rips Danny's arm off. Like yeah. there's just nothing to do there except for be stronger and make the play. But like we said, we joked, I just threw out a number, like instead of 20%, 25%, how about 5% yeah. on the 15 targets to AJ Brown and Devonte Smith? It's 15 catches. Wow. AJ was eight for eight. Devonte was seven for seven. Literally make a play and, and you are, have a better performance like that is that's what we're talking catches. about here. those are those are a lot of those are contested catches like well that's what i'm saying is like yeah. you're in position but you have to make the play and they've got they've got to figure out how to do that yeah the one i would say that is obviously the one in the end zone with saint juiced i don't know what you do there i yeah, think that's i think that's forbes crazy. on the comeback i think if the pressure's a little bit better that's a more competitive down for him the one that really bothers me was the, was the two man because you, you're basically in a double team on aj brown basically it, it ends up playing that way and there's no hit on there's no hit on him from the safety like forbes is up there trying to make a play like some that ball should come out i think if, if that's cam curl i think that ball comes out and yeah. so that's again two young players against a very good player um and 
that's tough, man. I, I, it's, it's really frustrating. I don't know if you can hear my frustration. It's frustrating to watch that because you're like, I don't know what you would do differently. Do you call different defenses? Because Jack was pretty in and out. They played man. They played two. They played three. They did some different stuff. And, you know, when they were in two, they were kind of ex- exploiting the middle of the field. And, you know, we talked about Mayo and his, and his, and his ability to do the correct thing, but not the ability to kind of to do that next level thing and protect that dig throw. And I'm not saying Cody could have done it either, but at least maybe the window's a little bit cloudier. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's just, harder. And it just, there was, it just in coverage, there was so many issues and uh, a lot of space and um, don't really have a good answer for it, honestly. No, I mean, this goes back to a statement that I feel like I'm probably unfortunately going to say a lot more this year, but I kind of came up with it uh, after everyone was griping about the offense last week. Um, there is no play call that is execution proof. Like there yeah. just isn't like eventually yeah. you have to execute and executing could be making the throw, making the right read, um, swiping the ball out. Like it, it's, it's all those things. It's the throwing, the catching, the blocking, the tackling, the, the fundamentals of the sport. And there is no play that is execution proof. There are some plays that are easier perhaps for certain players to execute than others. Right. Maybe you're in a better position. You prevent the throw in the first place and you know, we could, we could go super deep. We'd have to watch every play, uh, again, four more times to like really probably understand that. But realistically, like when guys are in that good of position and you have, you know, let's say 12 of those 15 plays to Brown and Smith are contested, something like that. Like you just got to have dudes making plays. And and also at that point though, like you know, if you're in the right coverage, does Devontae Smith get that touchdown at the end of the game? Like though though that to me is maybe a bigger one is what is in your control and it's it's your it's your attention to detail, like your mental uh, acuity. And that's one where they weren't on the same page and it ends up being a big play. And that's something we said you had to avoid. And because again, AJ Brown, he's gonna make his plays. Like he's he's playing like one of the best receivers in football right now. That I think if I was gonna point to one thing, maybe you can't coach the catch point. But man, we can make sure we're in cover two when we're in cover two and limit that throw. And who knows what happens? You know, maybe I think that was like second and 15 on that play or second and 18. So then you're in a nice third down situation. You're not really in field goal range. You give the ball back to your offense. It's 24 to 17, you know, or 24 to 20 or 24 to 20, even if they kick the field goal. And you're that's a totally different dynamic to that game off of a coverage bust. And we're not talking about the defense in the same way because they were able to make three red zone stops in that game. And that's that's good football, and that's what you're looking for. But one comes on a mental mistake. So I would say maybe you can't coach the physical stuff, but you can coach the mental stuff, and we can make sure we're on the same page. And that's and again, it's one play where there was a glaring mental mistake, but that in a game like this where it's close against a good football team, like that's a big deal. 